Black Velvet is proud to sponsor Creative Habits Podcast. Black Velvet is a Black-owned family business providing skincare products, handmade, intentional, and designed to nurture the skin and body. Lather in luxury with our signature Black Velvet Shea Butter. Our base is raw shea infused with essential oils and vitamins to revive and enhance your natural skin's glow. We offer unisex options and a grooming kit to ensure quick and essential groom for daily application for any occasion or season. Try our Beard Gang Kit collection, perfect for a man on the go with notes of barbershop orange and essential oils to protect and nurture your beard growth. Visit us on Etsy at Shop Black Velvet or follow us on Instagram by Black Velvet. Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. Right. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Um, can you give a little background of who you are and just tell uh, the people what you do? Yeah, so my name is Cassian um, and I'm a multidisciplinary artist. Um, but my main artistry, our main yeah, art form is um, hip hop and rapping. Mm. Um, I started doing music really when I was um, in high school <laughs> um, I had like a girl group in high school but that didn't last long and um, then I played basketball professionally for a little while and that's how I ended up in Germany mm. um, and then I started to kind of rediscover my artistry in writing and music and now I am a hip-hop artist so are you yeah. from the states or did you uh, transfer from somewhere no. else no, no, no. So I was born in Jamaica and um, okay. grew up there. And then I left when I was seven and um, grew up in the Cayman Islands. Um, and then I left Cayman when I was 25 and came to Germany and I've been living here ever since. Wow. It seems like you have a very cultured background. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quite cultured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely have a huge uh, musical influence um, in my background, especially growing up in Jamaica and mm. being around my uncles, for example, they exposed me to so many different forms of music um, and my mom as well um, to music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, mm. um, mostly like soul, so like mind, body, soul um, type of music, um, you know, the Whitney Houston and uh, Luther Vandross and that type of music. So it's always been a part of me. Um, and then growing up in Jamaica as well, uh, the dance hall and the reggae background of, of hearing that type of music and being uplifted and just feeling like, um, I don't know, just feeling just kind of energized by the music. Um, mm. And then I, I think I grew into loving hip hop on my own. Um, I think when I heard uh, Tupac, I know it sounds cliche, but I heard uh, Tupac for the first time and I was, I fell in love. I was like, yo, this is so real. It's so raw. 
and beautiful. And I, I just always appreciated um, honesty in music. I think that's mm. the, the, the thing that most to to um to music is when people are being their their true honest selves yeah. um and the, in in the lyricism and 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 it makes sense and you kind of feel this connection to it and i think um when i heard tupac i was like wow i love this um and i never thought that i would do hip-hop because the girl group um in high school was more of like r&b pop type thing mm. <laughs> so mm. i never thought that i would be like a hip-hop artist then I realized how how much it connected to me and how much um, it really fed my soul when I listened to to uh, hip hop artists or rappers and when they're just speaking the completely raw truth and how it connected to my life in Jamaica because I grew up around a lot of crime and mm. I grew up in poverty poverty and so hearing the hip hop music from the from the United States and hearing the kind of things that they went through and how it related to my life, it kind of was like, oh, wow, a light bulb went off, you know, and it was like, OK, yeah, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing, telling my truth through uh, hip hop music. Yeah, um, yeah. a lot of people don't know where um, this this generation doesn't know that hip hop originated out of like reggae and dancehall music you know yeah um, exactly exactly so um mm -hmm. the roots run really deep within like hip-hop culture um so listening to tupac is that what like drew you to like okay i just want to focus on hip-hop now or um is, are there any mm -hmm. other artists that influenced you um so uh, it was just it was really the tupac and biggie type of era and and mm. when they um when they you know passed on and and thing that that kind of really was just like okay yeah this is what you should be doing however mm. there's so much um there's such a wide mm. influence on the the kind of music that i do especially coming from um jamaica um but in terms of uh, solely focusing on hip hop, it was definitely um, the Tupac's, um, you know, Biggie, uh, Run DMC, and these types of groups that had the biggest influence on me doing this type of music. Um, yeah, but I I, um, I know that a lot of people don't know that it actually uh, generated from dubstep and mm -hmm. um, sampling in Jamaica that, that hip hop grew out of. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta respect. Uh, uh... The, the ancestors, the people who, who started it, you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. How would you describe your music? Because I, I, I listened to a few <laughs> tracks and um, mm -hmm. some of them had, uh, I guess, political undertones to them. I'm not sure yeah. if, you, uh, if that influenced your music anyway. Yes, absolutely. So, um, I, whew, how do I, I mean, I guess I would say it's alternative hip hop, if mm. I had to put like a label or a genre on it. Um, but I do draw a lot, like, as I said, I, I really appreciate honesty in music. Mm. And I appreciate when people are speaking their truth. And so my music tends to come from, well, one, my poetry, because what tends to happen a lot of the time is I write poetry and then it kind of uh, influences um, a song that I'm writing. So I'm writing, a, mm -hmm. I'm starting to write a track or a hair mm -hmm. beat and I'm like, oh, this poem that I had could go amazingly with this beat. And so I, I end up kind of changing the words of the poem or the structure of the poem to turn it into a song. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the poetry that I write is about um, kind of the struggle and the strife that I've went through in my life. 
Um, I write about like the deaths of my uncles, for example. I write about um, the the police brutality that's happening with black people all around the world right now. Mm. Um, but then there are also songs that is just like, I kind of want to say, um, can I curse on this? <laughs> yeah, do your thing, do your thing. <laughs> okay. So I kind of want to say like a fuck you to society, mm. you know, don't tell me who... I am supposed to be, don't tell me what I'm supposed to dress like, what I'm supposed to look like, how I'm supposed to be. Don't tell me to smile. You know, I just want to say like, fuck off, leave me alone and let me live, especially as a black woman walking through this society. And so a lot of my music is, is like rebellious or revolutionary, mm. I feel. Um, or I try to make it that way that when people listen to it, they kind of feel connected in a way that they can say, okay, yeah, I can, she can tell the world to fuck off and I can do whatever she wants to do. So I can do that too, you know, as long as I'm not committing any type of immoral sin or something like that. Um, so yeah, like, uh, yeah, my music is basically just kind of tell it like it is, tell the truth. And I don't care what people think, or even if they like it, like it's going to be for some people and it's not going to be for some people. And it's just, Mm -hmm. it is what it is, you know? It kind of, uh, <clears throat> it seemed, from what I listened to, it seemed kind of like um, a little bit of punk rock influenced in it as well, you know, with the rebellious <laughs> attitude and like you said, the fuck you, like, yes. it kind of it kind of gave me those type of vibes. Yeah, it's so funny that you say that because I, in my teen years, I really <clears throat> thought that I was a punk rock girl you know Mm -hmm. I had the skateboard I had the black eyeliner I had the dark hair and the torn up clothes and everything Avril Lavigne was like yeah Avril Lavigne (laughs) was my chick right in high school so so it's so funny that you say that too because it does have have some influence and as I mentioned before um a lot of um I I listen to a wide array of music like if you look at my playlists on Spotify it's crazy because it could go from like you know, uh, 20s music all the way up to like 90s hip hop, then to like 2000s um, trap or um, like Dirty South music mm. to back to like Whitney Houston and Air Supply and all these people that that no one's ever heard of. Um, so it's I think music is just a beautiful thing and a lot of it influences who I am as an artist and influences the way that I write and the kind of music that I make as well. So yes, I do have a little bit of punk rock influence in there. <laughs> Um, let me ask you a quick question. If you can collaborate with any artist, dead or alive, on like mm. your perfect song, who would that be? Ooh. Oh my gosh, I never even thought about that. Um who uh there's, there's just one artist. <laughs> just one artist, one like your your top tier favorite artist that you would like to collaborate with. Um, I kind of don't know how this would work um, or how it would even be, but I would love to collaborate with this group called Air Supply. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No, I haven't. Okay, so they're like this R&B group from the 80s. Mm. I kind of grew up loving their music. And um, I don't know if you know, there's maybe a song that you would know. It's like, I'm all out of love. I'm so lost with that. Yeah, 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 Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's the kind of music that they do. And I don't know how it would work, but it would be cool to collaborate with them. I would also love to absolutely collaborate with Tupac. I think that um, the way he 
thinks or the way that he the way that he thought as a human being really mm. was just beautiful and I love to watch his interview videos and witness him as a human being just kind of speaking his truth and talking about um politics and talking about you know grow up in, growing up in the ghettos and talking about just his life in general yeah. and the way that he spoke was just so eloquent and so beautiful and he spoke so much truth about what is happening in the world and how we are like as a people um not just like outside of the black community but within the black community as well i think that mm. is it was a beautiful i would love to just like sit with him and kind of pick his brain and mm. and just be like okay let's let's do a track together you know yeah yeah so yeah tupac was a legend before mm -hmm. his time Absolutely. like um absolutely from his parents being involved with the black panther movement to yes. him like his voice can touch all corners of the earth like pretty much everyone and their mother know who who's tupac is or who he was as a yeah, person absolutely. that's super impactful yes exactly because if you kind of look at his um interview videos when he was younger even you know, and him. There was one one part of this video where he did when he was in high school, and he was he was even sick doing the video. He had a cold, I believe, mm -hmm. and he was doing the interview and you know talking to the people. And he was like, "Yeah, I quit my job today." And they were like, "You know what?" He's like, "Yeah, I told them that I wanted to do this interview, and they said that I couldn't, so I quit my job." I was like, "Peace," and left. And I was like, "Exactly," <laughs> you know. I was like, "Yes, do it." And this is kind of how I feel as well. It's like, you know, people try to hold you back from doing the things that you are meant to do in your life or the mm. things that you want to do in your life. And I know that a lot of people aren't afforded the luxury of being like, okay, I can quit my job just like that, you know? Um, but I feel like we have one life to live and why not just take risks and do the things that we love to do or to do the things that drive us and drive our passions, you know, mm. and allow us to express um, truly who we are. And and that's kind of how I feel about it, yeah. So that yeah. was that was just for me watching that video. People often put their limitations on you, you know. If they see themselves yeah. not being able to do or achieve a certain goal, they often yeah. put that mindset on other people. Like you can't do that if I can't do it. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. I I, I totally. And um, this is one of the reasons why I actually ended up leaving the Cayman Islands. Mm. um because a lot of things that i wanted to do in my life um first day i wanted to play professional basketball and i just was not allowed i'm able to do that there mm. um and then so i ended up coming to europe to do that and i fell out of love with playing basketball um and kind of wanted to pursue um other things but i was really kind of chained when i was in cayman it was like the society was telling me who i should be as a as a woman mm. and one of the first songs that i ever called bp which is which stands for black pride mm. and um in cayman um the society i love it there like it's a beautiful country the people are beautiful like you feel completely safe it's it's a it's a great society however as a black woman i felt oppressed or like um there was a lot of um uh, colorism in the society there mm. as it is everywhere you know light skin white women mm. they get more praise than you know dark skinned black women especially dark skinned black women like me who change their hair every second who shave their head who who are radical mm. um in a sense and i felt 
chained by by the society. I, I whenever I wore certain things, I was looked at. Even as a young child, even you know, being nine years old, ten years old, I was being sexualized before. I I didn't realize it at the time, but as an adult and kind of going through these these um, things like knowing myself and knowing how society operates and you know the Me Too movement and all these things. When I was nine years old, I was being catcalled at mm. nine years old. You know what I mean? At nine years old, I was being catcalled. And it wasn't even like, what killed me the most is that in the society, nobody said the men have to be the ones to do better. Mm. They told me that I couldn't wear short shorts or tank tops, or I shouldn't wear short skirts, or I shouldn't wear certain types of makeup or whatever. They weren't telling the men that needed they needed to change themselves. They were telling me I needed to change myself in order to not tempt a grown ass man as a nine year old child. You know what I mean? And so like growing up in this society and, you know, going through all of these things, um, even in work where I uh, was working for a company for like three years or so. And then I wanted to do, um, I wanted to apply for a promotion and they gave it to a light skinned girl who knew nothing about the company mm. um, versus and what I was literally told was the reason why she got the job is because she didn't look like she would, she should work in like the store. She looked like she should be in the corporate office. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow. what? And so when that was told to me, exactly. So when that was, I quit that, that same day, that same day, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know where my, I'm not tolerating this. I am absolutely not taking this. Mm. Um, and I ended up quitting that day and I got a job a week later. And in that job, I, my worth was recognized. And so it's just the, these little things where I was like, I am not able to be my true self. I'm not able to be 100% who I really am. And therefore I need to leave. And I ended up leaving and came to Berlin. And now I'm able to kind of follow and pursue all of the things that I wanted to pursue in my life. Um, and hip hop music is just one of those things. And going back to what I was saying before, one of the first songs that I dropped, it's actually called BP mm. and it stands for Black Pride. Mm. And in the song I say, you know, um, I say I was born in Jam, raised in Cayman, fulfilling all my dreams in the land German. <laughs> Um, they say I'm not a lady because I cuss too much. Like, fuck, 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 fuckity fuck. I put my middle fingers up because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, you know? So this is basically me being like, fuck you, like, for trying to tell me who I should be and what I should wear and how I should dim myself down to appease men or to appease people in society. So, yeah, I feel like just music should be an expression or an extension of who we are as individuals. And it's just a beautiful thing. It's extremely troubling that we're still in this, I guess, patriarchy in 2021. You know, people, mm. women aren't able to be who they are. They have to, some people might view, think that they have to mold children a certain way to, I guess, be presented into society when yeah. society. It's a, it's a fact, a, a scientific proven fact that society are best when people are themselves, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's, Precisely. It's, I 100% agree with you. And yes. Yeah, no, I'm, my bad. I was just about to ask you another question. Um, if you could open up for any artist 
uh, current artist, mm -hmm. who would that be? J. Cole. <laughs> really? <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, right now, J. Cole is one of my favorite artists, and I have said to myself that I want to be signed to Dreamville. I know that I still have a lot of work to go before I can even get his attention. Um, maybe one day someone will see me who is connected and go, hey, yo, this dope girl who's, um, you know, she's liberated and she's a rebel and her music is fire and you should listen to it. But um, yeah, J. Cole, uh, J.I.D., I absolutely love J.I.D. as well. I think that they are phenomenal artists. Um, there's also this artist from the UK. Her name is Lil Sims. She's amazing. Just, she's a beast. Okay. She is just a beast with lyricism, everything. Um, I would also love to like tour with Tierra Wack. She's also just so lyrically inc inclined and just mm -hmm. such a free soul. I think Tierra Wack is, Tierra Wack, sorry, is one of the most free spirit um human beings i've ever seen or witnessed she just does what she wants she talks in interviews and she's like yeah i just i poop and i look at my poop and i'm like you go girl <laughs> you, know? you know so it's like it's i think it's just absolutely liberating to witness um artists coming up like this who just are free to be themselves and to kind of um yeah just 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 say what they want say what they feel and just be free in their in their artistry mm. Yeah, that's dope. I could I could definitely see that. Um, it's funny you said uh, J. Cole, um, Ari Lennox. She's from uh, Washington. Yeah. yeah, she's from the Washington D.C. and uh, Virginia area. So she's like from my neighborhood, basically. Okay. So nice. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Shout that out yeah. real quick. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Ari Lennox. This beautiful soul. Yeah. Um, so what was the transition like moving to Berlin? Like, how, how did you process a new surrounding and a new environment? Mm. Um, I don't know. I think I've I've been blessed to uh, to be able to kind of um, function well with change. Mm. I absolutely I don't. I'm not gonna lie to you. I it's, too it's cold. not my place. <laughs> it, yeah, it's one. It's too cold. <laughs> That's the first thing. It's it's too cold, and then um, the second thing is just it's just not. It doesn't feed my soul, you mm. know. And I'm I'm a type of person that really functions with emotions and feelings, and I make a lot of decisions in my life through my gut feeling or if I feel um, like if something is right or wrong and so on. And Berlin just has never been my place. Mm. However, it has afforded me the platform in order for me to grow and build as an individual and as a human being and to, to kind of grow into the person that I want to be. So I'm not going to take a complete shit on Berlin. Like, it's amazing that I've been able to be so free in who I am and be able to do um, the things that I'm doing um, artistically. I'm absolutely grateful for that. Um, but being here, the transition was was difficult because I come from the Caribbean and come from countries where people are kind and mm. warm and everybody says good morning and everybody has manners and say excuse me when there's something happening or if they have to, you know, go past somebody excuse me or, you know, they, they say blessed day or you smile at you and it, it's just so warm and welcoming and then you come here and everybody is so cold, the mm. weather is cold. The people are cold. It's just like, what is happening? Like, I feel like everyone here is a lost soul somehow. 
Mm. I am too, to be honest, like, you know, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's too cold for me in, in every sense of the word. It's just, so I've been able to, to transition well, where I'm, I've been able to build and grow and, and build friendships and so on and so forth. But it's been difficult where I've actually gone through depression or depressive, you know, episodes mm-hmm. because I was just like, I can't stand it here, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um. So yeah, like I'm. St- I think I'm still transitioning. To be honest, I've been here for five years, but I'm still transitioning, and I'm still learning new things about Berlin every single day, and I'm still learning how to kind of. Um, assimilate to the society that is here you kind of feel like you have to um you know have white friends for example or mm. know white people in order for you to get a, an apartment or in mm. order for you to you know go to the Bergamt or the finance amt or whatever like if you don't have that type of um kind of white community with you you kind of are not able to get anything done because they just don't want to help you that's how uh. i feel like yeah yeah it's been it's been very is i i can't even say it's been rough because i know people who are going through a lot more than me and luckily um being in the cayman islands i've been able to have my british passport so therefore mm. i would was a part of the european union because of the british passport um but now that that has, has gone i've had to apply for my residence here but before that um, I was able to live freely without having to go to the Bergamt or having to apply for residency or having to do all of these things that I know a lot of other people have had to do and the things that they needed to go through in order to uh, to be able to stay here. It's been, I, I know that they go through a lot of a lot of things, so I can't even say that it's been rough for me, but I just don't like coldness, cold people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really trips me up. And I think this is another way that I'm growing. I'm learning to be more patient and be more, um, I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for, but just to be more accepting of who people really are, rather than just ex- uh, expecting them to be kind, <laughs> you know, just yeah. be like an asshole. Okay, fine. You're an asshole. And I have to accept that. So, yeah. I definitely can see uh, how you feel that way. Um, it's the same way in the States. It's not it's a, in order to get somewhere, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. And in some instance, that can be extremely difficult at times, but I'm a firm believer in um, people like us, people of color, people all over the diaspora um, are some of the hardest working people on the planet. And once Amen. we take our destiny into our own hands and stop asking or seeking out acceptance from somebody that's that doesn't view the world the way we do um that's when we will be in a better position to you know help people around us uh um, open doors and stuff and stuff stuff like that absolutely 100 percent agree with you um and luckily um, I have gotten there or like, I think I got there when I was around 25, I started mm. to not care. I was like, I just don't care what people think. Mm. I just, they're not contributing to my life in any way. Mm. Anyway, no, they're not paying my bills. They're not, you know, pleasuring me. Mm. They're not paying my medical bills. Why do I care what people think, you know? 
And when you get to that stage, it's so freeing. And then, as you said, you're able to then open doors for other people, because I feel like a lot of the reason why we are so um, selfish in when we grow, for example, to become a millionaire or to have our own businesses or to become a famous, you know, a musician or whatever the case may be. And a lot of us tend to don't want to open doors for other people Mm. because we don't we are not. how do you say we're not um, secure in who we are. So then we think if we open the door for someone else, that they're going to come and take our spots. Right. right. Not realizing that there's room for everybody at the top, you know? And when I think when I, because I, I, I'm not going to lie, but like when I was younger as well, I used to be like that. I used to be like, Oh, I'm not going to tell her my secret of doing this because you know, it's not, it's going to make her seem better than I or whatever but now I don't care I'm just like if I have a, an opportunity I'm telling my for every friend that is an artist if I have if I'm performing and then um I know that I collaborated with someone or whatever I'm like yo I have this opportunity to do this show would you like to do the show as well I can give mm-hmm. them your name that so on and so forth because I think it's important that we help to boost each other up and not pull each other down absolutely that's that's what a lot of um communities um in the states do like uh the korean community they Mm. work together to open up restaurants and stores and different type of businesses you know Mm -hmm. and um it's all about helping each other out not to like divide us or make things secular it's just we have to see what other people are doing that works and take that within our own groups and you know uh help develop and understanding with everybody. Absolutely. 100% agree. Um, this is a random question. What useless talent do you have? <laughs> oh, what useless talent do I have? Oh my God. Yeah. Mm. Oh my God. This is a hard one, actually. <laughs> I actually think that all of my talents are useful (laughs) because i can cook that's useful like people love to eat Mm -hmm. um i'm an entrepreneur what is yours tell me uh i could sing really well in the shower (laughs) (laughs) i think that's everybody's useless talent (laughs) i really think that that's everybody's useless talent um yeah i mean um Oh my goodness. I have no idea. I don't th- <laughs> I don't have a useless talent. Um it's cool. You just take pride in everything you do. <laughs> I really do though. I really do. I'm sorry, y'all. I don't have I don't have a useless talent. Cause I can listen, I can throw down in the kitchen. Okay. Mm. I think that's talent. I can clearly beat my face when I'm ready. <laughs> not useless because I can help other people to meet their face too mm. um I run my own business like yeah I don't think I have used I mean singing in the shower I guess that's mine too <laughs> <laughs> or um, maybe I can kiss my teeth really good really well <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a talent I guess <laughs> yeah that was a good one that was a really good one um you said you played uh basketball um, yeah. If you weren't doing music, would that be mm-hmm. your main focus, or wh- no. why? Why did you fall out of love with basketball? 
because it wasn't fun anymore. Um, mm. I think there are people who are meant to do certain things in their life. You know, some people, they're meant to be like professional athletes. It just wasn't meant for me. Mm. Um, I played sports and I realized late in life that, that mm. I played it mainly because of friendships. Mm. And I, I was talented. Like, you know, I, I got a scholarship actually to go to university in the US. I played, so I played in um, uh, King University for a year and a half, but I, it wasn't my thing. And I was like, I'm out by. Um, so like, I, I was talented, but it, I realized like when I started playing professionally here that it just wasn't my thing because I didn't have my team or my community. You know, I was playing with a bunch of white girls at this point and they mm. just, my vibe is here and their vibe is here and it's like it doesn't work so mm. it's like you know I realized that this is not for me um so yeah like I just kind of I play for fun I realized like I play because I really enjoy being on a team and I enjoy um traveling with the team and I enjoy just being around people um mm. so that's the reason why I I, I played um and I realized that quite late in life. And when I finally did, I was like, okay, this is not, this is just not my thing. Um, but no, it wouldn't be, if, if music, you know, wasn't my, my thing, it, that definitely wouldn't be it. It would be, um, I would say like, because right now I have a tea company um, okay. called Brown Sugar, actually. Um, and I think just being an entrepreneur, like just owning my own things, um, I find value in that um not only for myself but for my community as well I find value in owning things as a black woman um being able to say yes this is my business or if I'm I'm able to purchase a property again saying yes this is my property and I could pass it on to my children uh so just being an entrepreneur and owning my own things and not having people tell me what to do because I don't like people telling me what to do <laughs> yeah I feel you on that what inspired you to start your own tea company um, well, uh, um, a friend and a friend of mine, my business partner, actually, we were having a conversation on what we could do because both of us are good at doing hair. Both of us can cook really well. Um, and we we're like, oh, we should start a business together. What should we do? And then we were both like, okay, so we can do hair well, but hair is not our passion. Um, we can cook really well, but cooking is not our passion. And then somehow the conversation of tea came up and I was like, yo, I love tea. And because tea is um, so ingrained in the society in Jamaica, like literally we use tea for everything. Okay. It's like, Hold on, do you put single. milk in your tea? No, in Jamaica, no. Okay. No. Okay. Good, yeah, no. Good. And that's a British thing. And the funny <laughs> thing is my, my business partner, she grew up in, in England. And so mm. that's her background with tea and they, you know, they do black teas with with the milk and so on mm. um but in the caribbean we more do herbal teas and like like and ginger lemon mint and so on and it's like we use bush teas and we use it to heal everything if mm. you're you know if you're sick or you broke like i broke my nose and my mom was like yeah just put some ice on it and drink some tea <laughs> and drink some tea and i was like i was like yeah we should definitely do this because one it's a niche market in berlin um, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, finding new ways of doing coffee and, and they like, you know, copy different, like everybody has the same thing here. It's like, you have mm. one restaurant that's Vietnamese, then it's like 50 other Vietnamese or, you know, one place that's a burger special way. And then there's like 50 other places. So nobody really does anything that's new and different. And we were like, one tea is not something, it's a niche market in Berlin. Mm. Um, and then 
Two, it's a niche market for, for it to be black owned in the world in general. Mm. Um, and then three, what we do as well, or um, well, when the pandemic is you know over, we will be doing um, um, high society tea parties, but making it um, in a way that it is accessible to all classes of people. Because when you think tea party, you think of like the rich and famous and these you know posh people and so on. Mm. So making accessible for everybody um, and making it in such a way where we bring entertainment um, into it, poetry, uh, you know, and uh, singing or whatever else um, into it would make it so different. And so we were like, yeah, let's do this. Um, and then we we were like, okay, yeah, we can try to test it out and so on and so forth. So we found mm -hmm. um, a uh, distributor of loose leaf teas um that get their teas from all over the world including um uh, countries in africa and this was very important to us and then the, the second thing was that the company was um also sustainable and eco-friendly because we believe in um, eco-friendliness and trying to um, protect our environment so we were like um, how do we you know find a company that does this and we finally did um and now we we're working with them we ordered a bunch of teas that we were like okay let's try to order these ingredients and then we will make our own blends um and so we started to do that and we tested maybe 22 different blends and we were just yes it was just like it was like light bulb like yes this is what we were supposed to be doing it was just mm. a beautiful process being able to put these blends together um you know doing deep dives into each individual ingredient and what they are good for for our bodies and what they can heal and you know what's the best benefit of them and what ingredients go together to make the best taste the best smell like it was just a beautiful process and and we were like yeah this is this is us this is this is what we are we're meant to do this is what we're meant to you know as a uh, businesswoman and um and yeah, so then brown sugar black tea was born and we've been operating now for four months. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. And yeah. tea, like you said, tea has so many health benefits and yes, um, absolutely. there's, it can build like community and like camaraderie, you know what I mean? Just going to a, a tea sh shop or whatever and just mm -hmm. having a tea with a friend and a, a great conversation like there's so much that can revolve around just having a, a, a cup of tea exactly that's absolutely right and that's what we aim to do um so i mean have a look yeah like you know i would say have a look at our website and and our instagram page and then you can learn more about us and what we do um we only have we, we as i said we have 22 blends but we've only put out three so far because we're doing everything out of pocket um you know it's very difficult uh, um, as black people in general to kind of get capital so that's one thing that we're working on to get grants and and um, funding um but right now we're operating out of pocket um uh, so we only have three um, flavors out. So we have, and it's called the Strip Teas Collection. Mm. <laughs> and uh, mm. so we have one tea called Sweet Kitty, uh, one called Gimme the D, and then the other one is called uh, Eternal Sunshine. And Sweet Kitty is for, it's a blend that's specifically made for women, but I mean, anybody can drink it. It's tea. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say Sweet Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds, <laughs> that sounds really uh, specific right there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's basically to help with like the womb health, um, mm. the help with 
vaginal health and and um and yeah just kind of like ease monthly pains and so on mm-hmm. um and then Gimme is um a blend that's specifically made for men to help with stamina to help with prostate health um to help with free radicals when you're like exercising or working out for example um and then eternal sunshine is like for the skin um so it helps with like um skin impurities and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so yeah these 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 teas like we really took our time to kind of think about you know what we wanted to put out there and then especially focusing on the taste and the smell because i think a lot of people make teas and they don't really test to see if the ingredients work well together mm-hmm. and then taste really like garbage it's like what is this i'm drinking you know um so being able to make these blends that they taste good with or without sugar or honey um it just made it it just this that much more phenomenal like my personal favorite is the sweet kitty because it's just a very um uh very subtle tasting tea it's not too strong and it's not weak it's just it's just a beautiful taste um and then it has lavender and thyme for example in it and it just gives this really i don't know potent taste that just it makes you feel really calm when you're drinking it so like yeah <laughs> i can go on about this all day i'm sorry <laughs> no it's fine it's fine uh, i can definitely see an interest in it and people Tea, tea has been around for centuries, you know, since like yes. the beginning of time, people have exactly. been creating tea. So I could definitely see that being a profit, profitable uh, business model for you and your, your, your co-work, co-partner. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, just have a few more questions for you. How do yeah. you feel the internet has impacted the music business? Whew. <laughs> um wow um i think it's it's uh, they're both like pros and cons or you know it it impacts it in a good way and a bad way Mm -hmm. um the good ways i can say like you know people are able to kind of get their music out there more so Mm -hmm. more people they have a, a wider audience to be able to put themselves out to um but at the same time there's so much being put out yeah that you know, and people are consuming so much daily that it just really doesn't reach the people that it's supposed to reach for one. And then two, um, it just, I feel like people are far removed from the music. Like they just, it's kind of making it into this kind of trendy thing. So now everybody's kind of trying to do the same thing. They're trying to sound the same and look the same and do the same. It's just like a bunch of clones. Yeah, Um, it it lost its value. Exactly, exactly. I think that's the 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 part where it devalues um music because everybody's sounding the same and doing the same thing. And it's just it's very sad to see. Um, you know, because I, I know that there are plenty of artists out there who are super, super talented, but then they don't get seen because they're not doing what is popular right now, you know, right. what is the common thing for people be, to be doing right now. Um, so then in order for them to be seen, they have to kind of copy this, um, they have to be like this one track thing, you know, and doing what the the popular people are doing in order for their music to be heard or seen. And it's really, really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a good thing that there's a wider audience that you can reach, but then it's sad that everybody's music is kind of starting to sound the same. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. could definitely see that. Um, 
like my my most favorite artist in the world is um Marvin Gaye, right? Mm, oh yes, Marvin, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and back in the day when he was like really popular and prevalent, there was no other person on the planet who can sing like him, perform yeah. like him, write songs like him. He, he did he made it seem so effortless, you know? Yeah. And there was only one Marvin Gaye. There was only one James mm. Brown. Only one yep. like it seems like it's all for, for profit now. You know what yes. I mean? And I guess quote unquote the industry uh are creating like cookie cutter, cookie cutter microwave versions of, mm -hmm. I guess, artists nowadays. Yeah, I agree. Um, as you said, you know, back in the day, there literally were just one of each individual artist. There was nobody that sounded the exact same, really. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this cookie, this uh, cookie cutter mentality that the music industry has developed um, is really just it's it's that it's it's detrimental to the to the music um that's being produced um because it all just is talking about the same thing you know right now and i i this is not me at all you know bad mouthing any type of artist because i think everyone is is um, talented in their own way but um you know these this kind of like i take your man you know i'll i want money and i want birkin bags and i'm you know one of these types of things it's just everybody is singing about the same thing and then with the men it's like oh yeah uh perkin set and drinking this and doing this drug or whatever it's just like what you know it's it's entertaining it's absolutely entertaining and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie like i listen to that shit and i get down like you know <laughs> entertaining it's really entertaining but it's just sad because it's taken away so much from the music yeah yeah it's i'm not saying that i don't want to say conscious music but music with intention is not out there like for example no. yourself you know but mm -hmm. it's just extremely disheartening that you have to ex like really search like dig down deep and search for artists like yourself or you know people who have actual substance within their music yes it is it is really sad um but i also find it like kind of beautiful because i think like um as i said i operate um a lot from feeling a lot from emotion a lot from like god and i believe in um you know in fate and and these things like when things are supposed to happen they will um and i feel like this uh cookie cutter style of of singing rapping or whatever it may be right now is so that we can appreciate the good music when we find it mm. and then two um when it's supposed to be found it will be um because you could be you know down and just like for example you could be down sad depressed whatever and then just at the right moment that one song will find you that will get you just lift you right back up and it's going to be an artist that you've never known that you've never heard of in your life um, and you're going to be like wow you know you could be the one to be like oh wow i could i am a fan of this person since they you know started here and now they're here and it could be that this person never becomes famous but at least their song helped you so this this is kind of how I feel about my music. Like, the people who are supposed to hear me will hear me. 
I don't care about fame. I don't care about money. I don't care about all that. I would make my money doing my businesses. I would make my money, you know, elsewhere. Like for me, music is something that allows me to express who I truly am and allows me to kind of um, write what I feel that could help individuals out there to become them true selves, to become their true selves, to not care what society thinks, to um, really just open up to the possibility of them being anything that they want to be. And so I'm in some sense, I'm happy that, you know, it's only certain people who have heard of me or who have heard my music, because I know that these are the people that my music is helping. Um, and then in other sense, it's like, oh, but I wish that I could help the entire world, you know, <laughs> to be like, I'm going to say, I don't give a fuck. So you should be like, I don't give a fuck either kind mm. of thing so yeah <laughs> yeah I think it I think that it, it's it's beautiful in a sense in some ways that um that certain artists um that there is underground music that you have to search for that you have to dig for to find the gold basically yeah. you have to dig find the gold you know I think it's beautiful in some sense and then in other senses like but this gold should really be shared with everyone mm. <laughs> I, I definitely agree um have you ever performed and which one of your songs do you love performing the most? Okay. Um, so uh, I think my favorite song to perform, when I started out, my favorite song to perform was this song called 4C on Fleek. Mm. <laughs> so like 4C here. <laughs> um, I really love performing that song because as I, as I said again, it's a song that, um, it was just in the beginning stages of my um, music career. So it wasn't even, I don't think it was even done well. Like it's just not, it wasn't um, recorded well. It wasn't mixed well. I don't, but I just don't mm. care. Like it, it was a good song. The track is nice. And because I was talking to black women and I was like, forcey on fleek, you know, we're going to do our thing. We look good. We smell good. All of them trying to be us like, you know, <laughs> you know, but I can admit that, that this, this wasn't the quality that it was supposed to be at. Um, and that was one of my favorite songs to perform until I wrote, I think, God is We. Mm. Uh, so God is We became my favorite um, when I dropped my uh, Breaking Cycles album. Um, and because God is We is like, I'm telling everyone, like, you have a God within you. You mm. create your own life. You create the things around you. And I'm not saying that God doesn't exist. I completely believe in God. I believe in a higher being, a higher, um, you know, entity in this world. Mm. Um but there's a God within every single one of us because as human beings, we create life, you know, mm -hmm. we create life. So we are gods. Um, and so being able to kind of write that and put that out, um, that was was also one of my, my favorite um, tracks to perform. Then I um, did an album release party just like off of my own accord. I was like, let me just do this and whatever. And I created this whole show and it was a beautiful experience. And then I performed one song that I wrote called I Said What I Said. And I actually sampled, um, not sampled, but kind of used lines from Ludacris's uh, Move, Bitch. Get mm. out. So like I sampled some lyrics from that. And um, that song, like it gets the crowd really hyped. And I love when you're performing in front of people and they feed off of your energy and then they put the energy back into it. It's just a beautiful thing. Like you and the crowd, like, you know, going back and forth and, and stuff. And so that one became um, my favorite to perform. And I said what I said. 
but now <laughs> because I just released um, a, kind of like a short EP called the Zodiac uh, Volume One, mm. and there are three tracks on it. So it's Leo, Aquarius, and and Virgo, and I think Leo. Of all the tracks that I just spoke about, Leo is my favorite to perform because it's very raw. It's very um, deep. It goes so hard. And I'm just like, when I perform, I'm going in. And it's like, it takes my breath away, literally, because um, there's so much happening in the song. You know, there's really no breaks. Like, I don't have a hook. And I like writing songs without hooks as well. And my producers actually like, Cassian, you actually need to start writing some hooks. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't need one. <laughs> why? Mm -hmm. um, so I like writing tracks without hooks. And this one doesn't have a hook. And um, it's just going. And, and it's it goes so hard. And it's and it's I think it's it's definitely my favorite song to perform at the moment. So Leo. Nice. That's yeah. those um, three tracks are the most recent right and i think uh those are the ones i heard i was listening to uh looking yeah. for you on spotify and those popped yeah. up like first yeah 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 so they're the most recent ones yeah okay okay <laughs> so how has the pandemic impacted your creativity um, in a good way. Um, I know that a lot of people um, are not because a lot of people make money from performing and stuff like that. But as I said, the music for me is not about money. Mm -hmm. um, so and I make money elsewhere, you know, I have a full time job, I'm doing this entrepreneurship um, thing. So uh, for me, it's allowed me to have so much more creative energy. Um, in terms of writing in terms of creating music in terms of, in terms of creating concepts as well. And um, so, like I, as I, uh, this um, Zodiac Volume One is is part one of a four part um, kind of like mixtape, I guess, because at the end of the year I'm going to put it all together and create a mixtape. Um, but this is Volume One, and so what I'm doing is I'm actually writing a song for each sign of the zodiac. Um, and so Leo, Aquarius, and Virgo were the first three, and this concept I've actually had for a while. But I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to write songs that, you know, relate to each sign of the Zodiac? How am I going to embody each sign? Because because I'm only one specific, mm. you know, sign, even though it, it, there's a little bit of each in all of us. Um, but it, it was kind of like, how how am I going to do this? How? <laughs> and then um, the beats just came to me and I started writing and it just became, you know, the concept that it is now. So every three months I will release a new EP. So volume two is going to be in June. I will re mm. release that one. Um, and then like throughout the year, that volume three and four as well. And um, so, so the, the pandemic really has just allowed my creative side to blossom and flourish. Um, even just doing the, the tea company as well and writing and just doing like different creative things, even just cooking. You know, it's allowed me to, to be more creative with cooking as well. I don't cook every day, though, because I'm like, nah, I ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> but when I do, it's 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 a really um, beautiful process to just kind of be there in this mind space. If that makes sense. Um, 
and I've been writing scripts as well because I, I just love writing. So I wrote mm. like some uh, serious scripts. I think I wrote like six episodes of this season of this show that I want to do. I don't know how the hell it's going to happen, mm. but I know that's going to happen someday, one day. I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, the creativity just kind of has been it's allowed me for allowed for me to have a space that I'm I'm able to kind of express more because I don't have to give so much to society I don't mm. have to get out of my house every day to go to work and and give my energy to you know spaces that I don't have to or don't want to give my energy to and so that has allowed me to be more creative so what is what is it that you don't do it sounds like you do a little bit of everything right <laughs> yes. script writer yes. tea maker yeah rapper yeah like basketball yep. player like what, <laughs> yep. what in the world mother <laughs> mother right <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah um as i said like i when i left k-man because even in k-man i did a lot as well i hosted a, a radio show or co-hosted a radio show i co-hosted mm. a tv show there i was playing rugby i was playing basketball i was playing football i was i'm just always going and that mm. i've always been that type of person just always and it's it's never really been for hustling money because there's always been a way for me to make money and then i just wanted to be able to express myself myself in other ways um so i i it's kind of like something comes to me either i have a dream or i just have a thought or my mind just goes to something and it's like okay now it's time to do this and so i whenever things happen and whenever things come to me i just do it immediately and it's like if it works out to be something then it just does if it doesn't then at least i have it here you know mm. that i can um if someone if someone says oh i want to write a script i'm like oh i have a script already maybe you can start <laughs> writing on this you know what i mean mm. like just put it out into the and then whatever happens to it just happens to it and that's kind of how I feel about the different things that I do so yeah <laughs> that's amazing okay I got one last question for you and after that would you like to play a little game called this or that with me yeah absolutely let's cool, do it <laughs> cool, cool. so um what would you tell a younger version of yourself Oof. Mm -hmm. um what 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 advice would you give a younger version of yourself about the career you do today today um hmm. wow um i would tell my younger self like you know just never give up on anything mm. that you decide to pursue and it might get hard it's going to get hard that's the one thing, like the one sure thing about anything that you do in life. It, it gets to a point where it becomes really, really, really difficult mm. and you're going to want to give up, but just to never give up. Um, also to value ownership. Um, because uh, like for me, like I was 24 when I purchased my first home, um, mm. for example, and I... I didn't value it because at the time I was making a lot of money <clears throat> and it was like, oh yeah, I have a house now. Uh, you know, it was just like, yeah, I have a house now. It is what it is. You know, I never thought about it in such a sense that let's keep this house and make sure that we, um, that I uh, increase the value or make sure the value increased on, on this house, you know, to get it to a point where it was bringing me in money versus me paying for it. Mm. 
It was more like, okay, I have a house. I'm moving away from Cayman now. I'm going to sell it. So I would tell my younger self, like value ownership, because when you own things, people respect you more. Um, and I think um, also just, again, just not to care what, what anybody says or thinks about you. Um, just do you. Yeah. And, and life will work itself out. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Definitely agree. I love it. All right. This game is called This or That. The whole okay. world depends on the answers that you get. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> all right. First question. Pancakes or waffles? Ooh, pancakes. Why? Because I like soft, fluffy things. <laughs> <laughs> I think waffle. I like waffles too. You know, they're all right. Like mm. uh, they're crunchy and so eh, they're all right. But pancakes, I think pancakes are love. Like they're just fluffy and soft, and they're just full of love. Like when you make them, it's just like oh. yeah. Yeah. Guys, it's just a beautiful, like, whoo, pancakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny you said that. Uh, I had pancakes this morning uh, with the family. Yes. I wanted to go to sleep right after I ate them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> pancakes are just like, it's just love for your insides. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, puppies or kitten, kittens? Puppies. Not a cat person? Puppies. I wasn't, but mm. I've grown to respect cats. Mm. Um, I've grown to respect that cats are super independent and I find that very beautiful. Um, but my daughter's allergic to cats mm. and so I could never get one. Um, and puppies are just, they're just so freaking cute and they are loving and they just are all over you and they show so much love. And I think as human beings, we need to have things around that love us unconditionally. And I think puppies yeah. or dogs are things that just love unconditionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we don't deserve uh, uh, dogs. We man, don't. Because they're so, I don't know, just like the life they give and the energy they give yes. you is, is, is so positive and beautiful. Absolutely. And I feel, that, I feel the same about children as well. I feel like children... Mm they are they love unconditionally and they are just so such beautiful beings and we don't deserve them as humans like i know that we create them but we just don't deserve them like, mm -hmm. <laughs> i really feel that way puppies and, and babies we don't deserve them <laughs> um forgive or hold a grudge Oof, <laughs> hold that grudge <laughs> Listen, I, listen, I, you know what? I will forgive people like, but I will, I'm not, I'm not a, I will never forget. So if I'm the type of person where I love as hard as I hate, mm. there's no in between. There's no like, oh yeah, you're okay. You did me wrong. So I forgive you. And then we move. No, it's like, we are friends for life and I will love you for life and you will get the whole entire world from me and i will ride for you until the day that i leave this earth 
Mm. And, but you do something to stab me in the back or something, you know, that I absolutely, that I find offensive or what I will hate you for life. And I know hate is a strong word, but I love as hard as I hate or I love as hard as I dislike. And you do something to me, you don't exist to me anymore. That's Ooh. me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't Jeez. exist to me anymore. That, you know what the funny thing is? I actually went to a um, a little get together today for a friend's birthday, and there was someone there that I had a fallen out with because she did something really, you know, like not just not what a good friend is supposed to do, mm. and it really was like she didn't exist. I kind of walked in and I was like, oh, she's there. Okay. And then I spoke to everybody else and she was just off the, like, you don't exist to me anymore. Who are you? <laughs> so I'll hold that grudge for life. Ain't no forgiving around here. <laughs> yeah. So remind us not to get on your bad side. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> last one, last one. Um, Tony okay. Morrison or Maya Angelou? Both. Both? Okay. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Absolutely both. I think both are such martyrs to the Black mm. community, such beautiful, beautiful souls like both. I'm not going to choose. <laughs> I could feel that. I could feel that. Yeah, I could feel that. Well, yeah. um, Cassianne, I really appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us today. Um, you gave us a lot of gems and it was a pleasure getting to know you and your, your journey and all the, the, all the things that you do. <laughs> the many things. The many of things. Of Cassianne Lawrence. Yeah. Um, Quick question, um, mm -hmm. could, would I have your permission to like play one of your tracks at the end of this podcast or? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Okay. Yeah, for cool. sure. Sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. And um, I will be contacting you to let you know when this episode airs. Um, we'll be airing season three, um, what's after May? Um, the month after May. So June. Yeah, June. <laughs> My mind is gone, but yeah, June. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No problem. All right. Thank you again. <laughs> Have a safe journey. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I wish you a wonderful, wonderful day with you and your family. And I'm sending you so much love and everyone out there so much love. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs>